We inherit many things from our parents. Some we want, and others we'd rather not, like FSGS, focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, a genetic disease that can lead to kidney failure. When there is an area of unknown, fear will always try to set in, but the key is not to let it overtake you. So that's kind of what I try to do. That's gospel music artist Kevin Vassar, who learned at the age of 31 that he had FSGS. I'm Monica Fox, Director of Outreach and Government Relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, and your host for this edition of The Journey Continues. This time I'm talking to Kevin about how he manages a successful career while maintaining good health. Hi Kevin, how'd your kidney journey begin? Wow, my kidney journey uh, began, uh, of course, like everyone else, unexpectedly. Uh, I want to say it was back in roughly 2006, 2007. I was getting my uh, yearly checkup with my primary physician. Crazy thing about it is, as a lot of us, sometimes I didn't want to go. Uh, My schedule was so busy and I was preparing to go out of town for vacation with some friends and my wife. And I just felt the urge to not to reschedule, just go ahead on and make it happen. And so I did and uh, did my checkup and, of course, did my labs. And once I returned from my vacation, I received word from my medical team or my primary doctor that some of my labs came back and my uh, kidney function. It was kind of abnormal and they wanted to just kind of further investigate and see what was going on. And that pretty much just began the journey of me finding out that I was uh, having challenges with my kidney and and finding out that I would eventually have to do dialysis. So it kind of started roughly in 2006, 2007. Mm, And how did you feel at that time when you heard that news? Uh, definitely scared, uh, fearful, you know, as we see how uh, much the journey has progressed over the years, even to this point. But even back then, you know, everyone that I knew that had suffered from any form of kidney disease, the end result was, you know, them passing away tragically. And so definitely had fear. I uh, was thinking that this this might be an early exit for your boy. And so uh, definitely had to fight that and and kind of come to grips with that. And uh, that was, I would say that was initially, you know, my, my thoughts, but just kind of the way I've been made up my whole life. And I really credited a lot to my relationship with God. You know, I had my moment, but I was able to just kind of regroup and just say, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead on and take on this challenge like we've taken on other challenges in our lives up until that particular point. Absolutely. I think fear is a very common feeling at a time like that. So I'm just so glad that you went ahead and faced it, you know, head on. I think it's okay to be honest with yourself. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? I mean, which, which now listen, you can say whatever you want to other people, but with yourself, you got to always be true. And so, yeah, I, I always try as much as possible, no matter what I'm feeling to say, okay, let me just self-examine and really make sure that I'm honest with what's going on inside of me. And so I'm okay with saying that sometimes, you know, when there is an area of unknown, fear will always try to set in, but the key is not to let it overtake you. So that's kind of what I try to do. Mm, That's great advice. Thank you for that. So what was your first method of treatment for kidney failure? Yeah, my first method was definitely um, dialysis where I I was going into the clinic to have it done. And really, that's the only method that I've ever done. It just kind of worked best for me personally. And so, you know, I started doing that and I was able to really 
connect with a great group of a team, you know, my doctor and the facility that I was at, you know, they were really, I would say they went above and beyond to just make sure I was comfortable and making sure that I started to educate myself on, you know, what I needed to do, the do's and things that you don't want to do. You know, when you first start, you feel like, oh, I can miss this treatment. I feel fine. And, you know, so I was definitely on that list in the beginning until I found out the hard way that that will catch up with you. And so, think that really helped me out tremendously just being with the right group of people. And so how'd you manage your life on dialysis? It was definitely an adjustment period. I was actually doing a a nine to five. I was in the mortgage industry during that time when I was diagnosed. And so I was determined. I was determined. I I still am to this day. I do not believe in in using things as as an excuse. I feel like if God allows these things to happen, That means that he knows that we're strong and we can handle it. And so I continued to try to work and I was successful as much as possible doing that. And so I think that helped me just trying to continue to to keep my life as normal as possible. You know, I just looked at this as, as something that I have to do as a part of my day. But as long as I follow through with everything that my doctor tells me to do, the nutritionist and all the things that we want to do, monitoring my fluid intake, you know, all of those important things, I would still be able to continue to, to live life the way I, I was used to doing it. So you decided to thrive on dialysis, not just survive. That is my, that absolutely. That is, that is correct. And, and so many times it would give me encouragement is that, you know, I've always tried to be transparent uh, in my life and what I do, uh, you know, being a minister and a recording artist. And so I always share uh, my testimony to help others. And it would always just kind of encourage me that if I didn't tell people exactly what my situation was, people wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me because I just refused to let that affect my mentality. I refused to let it affect how I approach life. I mean, even when I would go into my treatments, you know what I'm saying? The nursing staffs and the doctors would be like, man, you know, you always come in here dressed a certain way because it's like, this is how I'm going to approach it. I'm not going to give up. So it's like, I'm, I'm going to keep trying to have my swag as much as I possibly can, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how the conversation about transplant began? Well, immediately, you know, once I got on is, you know, you start talking about, you can get a transplant, you can do it. And so we started talking about it, but I think it took me a while to just really just adjust to the new lifestyle that I had before I started to actually pursue it as far as getting the work up done and, you know, actually getting on the list. So once you start doing dialysis and you, the team that's around you, they're going to always start talking about, hey, let's try to get you a transplant. And then, you know, you'll be on a unit with other patients that, that you're coming you know, get dialysis with and that'll they'll become a part of your journey too. You're seeing them, you know, two to three times a week. And so you'll look up one day and they won't be there. And it's like, oh, they got their kidney and you're excited for them. And it's like, well, you know what? I think I want to experience that too. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. So how'd you prepare yourself for transplant? This transplant that I have now that I'm so grateful for. This is actually my second. So my first transplant, like I said, I began to make sure that I met the criteria to be on the list. 
in Illinois. And so I did that and got on the transplant list and just started doing everything that I was supposed to do, going in for the meetings and uh, making sure, you know, the guidelines that they want you to do uh, when your name is called, making sure that you're a good patient, making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do, coming to your treatments, doing your entire treatment and not trying to, uh, <laughs> you know, skip around just to make things convenient for you. And so I kind of made it my priority to do that. And, you know, just all of a sudden for my, my first transplant, uh, I'm a member uh, of a church, um, Fellowship Chicago, where I've been serving there now for over 20 years. And everyone was just a part of my journey, knowing what was going on. And so tragically, in my church family, there was a family that experienced a loss to one of their loved ones. While they were in that tough situation, it was just unbelievable to me still, still to this day. They, they actually thought about me. They wanted to make it happen where their loved one was a donor and uh, they wanted to make sure if, if, if everything matched up that, you know, I would receive that kidney that, that, they, that he would be offering up. Isn't that a blessing? Amazing. On I'm still blown away. Day, yes. The most difficult day of their life. Yes. They stopped to save you. Yep. That is beautiful. So there you had complications with that kidney transplant. So, yeah. So when you started out talking about FSGS and so when I originally was diagnosed with having kidney failure, I think one of the things that happens with us African-American men, because these numbers are so high, I think it was just easier to just say that my kidney failure was due to high blood pressure. And so at the time I would battle with high blood pressure and I was definitely, you know, I weighed a lot more uh, as far as being uh, obese and all of those situations. And so they just labeled me as having it because of high blood pressure. And so I got the, the, the high blood pressure under control. And even to this day, thanks be unto God, I don't even have to take medication for it. And that's been that case for 10 plus years for myself. And so by them just diagnosing me with that and not really, I guess, investigating it more, it wasn't until I got the new kidney and I had it, everything was going well, and we started to experience challenges with it, that that medical team, you know, investigated it a little bit more. And that's when I was, you know, diagnosed with uh, FSGS. You did a much better job of saying all the words. I, I'm not going to even stumble today on that. But that's when I was officially diagnosed with that. Once we found out exactly what it was. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it had taken its toll on that new kidney that I had. And so I had to go back on dialysis uh, roughly like late 2009. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I found out and, and, and the problems that I had when I had that first original transplant. And so how'd you feel when you learned that your transplant was failing? It was tough. It was very tough. You know, I, I encourage everyone that's on this journey is definitely a roller coaster ride. You know, you have some high days and you have some low days. And so for me to do dialysis, it takes a mindset and it's almost like athletes, boxers, when they're training for a fight, you know, you go into a zone. And, and so for me, while I was doing dialysis, it was a mindset that I had and I was able to deal with that and be productive, travel the world doing my records and traveling, not using it as an excuse. That's wonderful. But once I received the transplant, then I went into another mindset. So to have to go back to it, you know what I'm saying? That was challenging um, and definitely had a tough, a tough uh, span of trying to adjust. But once again, I went back to the same clinic that I was at and um, there was a young lady 
And I'm going to say her name. Her name was Denise Smith, and she was one of the uh, techs there. And uh, I just have to be honest and say that, you know, I, I appreciate when I think we need to love on and appreciate the people as as we started to call them our heroes during the pandemic. But even outside of the pandemic, those that work in the medical and healthcare field, what they're able to provide more than just giving you medicine is just the care, it's the love, it's making sure you're okay and checking on you. It was really the team that was around me when I had to go back, just embracing me back in the family, saying, listen, it's going to happen again. I think that really helped me just kind of readjust and uh, just kind of lock back into my mindset, you know? That makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to make that change in a way and, you, and you, that you had the support that you needed in order to handle that change. Absolutely. And then, of course, I mean, I'm always going to say my family, that, that goes without saying my family was always supporting me and, and there for me to let me know that, I, you know, I can make it. But it's something when you you actually have to go in and, you you know, you sit in that chair and you're by yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's like your loved ones, your family, they can give you all the support. But at the end of the day, man, you have to walk that journey. And so I just think being in those rooms and, in those situations and just having people that, you know, they don't have to do it because, you know, this is their job. They have other patients, but to see them just go that extra mile to just make sure you're okay and check on you. And if you're having a rough treatment, hold you. I mean, it was just, it was just so many things that, that, that this particular unit would do. It just really helped me personally. I, I mean, that's just my personal journey with it. That's wonderful. So you since then received a second kidney transplant. Tell me about receiving the call for that. You know, once again, it's just an amazing experience for myself. And so um, I was last year, I was recording in the process of recording uh, my latest project, uh, which will be out in two months. I'm excited about that. While I was recording it and just being spiritually based like I am, uh, it was just put on my heart to just entitle the whole experience, I believe. And to be honest with you, uh, Monica, it wasn't about any personal things for myself. I was really all of the music, everything that I was doing, it was it was sincerely centered around trying to help others. That is really what I've tried to do with my life, try to help others, even with my own setbacks. I try to be transparent. I don't try to be private. I try to share them because I believe that we all go through things for a reason. And so as I was preparing to do it, I entitled the experience, I believe, and and uh, I just began to put it out there to my church family and those that, that follow my music ministry. Hey, everyone that's coming, just want you to believe whatever you're believing for. And I believe we all will come together and we'll be able to see some good results of us just believing things will happen. And little did I know, you know, once again, I had did all of the due diligence, diligence to make sure that I remained or I was on the kidney transplant list. And as I mentioned before, I was obese. And so there was a goal. You know, for me, my doctors wanted me to lose weight. So I made my health my top priority while I was waiting. I made that a goal and I lost over 160 pounds. The day of my live recording, which was on a Sunday, uh, it was July the 17th. Well, that Saturday evening, July the 16th, I received a call, uh, which I had before to say that there was a possible match. And uh, just to hang tight, we'll let you know. And so on that day of my recording, like two hours before it started, I received a call to say that there was definitely a match and I could go ahead on and do my live recording. But as soon as it was over, I needed to go straight to the hospital. And that's what I did. And that next morning I, I received my new kidney. Wow. 
<laughs> I still get goosebumps. I, I'm still getting goosebumps just talking about it because, you know, just the timing of it and, and just to to just know that, you know, when you're just trying to and I, I want to say it again, I was not the whole recording or the whole experience was not centered around me believing for a kidney. It was about helping others that are believing for so many other things and just trying to be that source to say, hey, I'm believing for something. Let's just believe together. And so to see God just kind of orchestrate that the way he did the day of to get the call before I started the session, it was just it was just mind blowing. And so I, I'm just so, so grateful for for God just, you know, just remembering me, I guess. <laughs> Wow. And so that is the recording that's coming out soon? That is correct. It'll be out in two months in the name of it, as I believe. And I was able to just document the whole thing. And so uh, I, I, I am convinced that this is the lane that I, I am in and this is what I'm supposed to do to encourage others. And, you know, my thing is very realistic. This is my second transplant. So after my first transplant, I went back on dialysis, but I never gave up hope. I never stopped saying that you can still thrive instead of survive. And so even as I am experiencing this new kidney and all is well and things are going great, I take it one day at a time, Monica. If I get a call today, hey, we need you to come in. One of your labs isn't looking good. We need to do this and do that. That is perfectly fine because I know that no matter what this journey brings me, I am still going to be able to thrive and not survive. And that's what I want to encourage other people. So many times in life, we think that things are going to be perfect, but the the reality of it, Monica, it is not going to be perfect. The goal is, the key is, is how can you deal with those curveballs when you receive them? And that's what I'm trying to help people to adjust and continue to keep pushing. Wow. How inspirational. Just amazing. So how does being a gospel singer and a worship leader impact the way you handle all this? It helps because I think that people are able to just kind of see, I choose, it's a, it's, a, it's a decision that I make. I choose to be transparent. And, and if you're not, that's perfectly fine. You know, people uh, a lot of times want to keep their health and stuff private. And that's, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I think it's whatever works for you. But I can't begin to tell you how many times if I may share a testimony or people just know what's going on and just in walking through life and people will come and talk to me, hey, I'm going through the same thing or, hey, my brother's going through this. Can you just call and encourage them and 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 this and that? And so I think that my experience in my relationship with Christ has given me just more clarity on what it is I need to do with my testimony. You know what I'm saying? I think there's so many of us have so many testimonies and things that we could talk about that could help so many other people. But because we don't want to talk about it, you know, I think you just want to ask yourself, why is it that you don't want to share that? Why is it that you don't want to share that tough challenge that you went through, even though you were able to overcome it? You know what I'm saying? And so once you're able to answer that question, uh, I think you know, it'll free you a little bit just to try to help others. I mean, even what you're doing today. Uh, with the podcast, uh, Monica, you know, this is a, a vehicle to help so many other people that may be suffering in silence and, and just want to give up. I see so many, I saw so many people doing my treatment that, you know, when you would see them come in, you could just physically see in their spirit, in their mind that they just didn't want to push and keep going. And so that's where I feel like God has called me to do just to try to help others to say, hey, you can make it even if you're on dialysis. That is not the end of your story. You can keep pushing and you can keep achieving those goals and dreams that, that you want to do. 
Yes, and people need to hear that, and they need to hear it regularly. So how's your health since then? You know, everything has been well. Uh, I definitely make it my business to do my labs and, and make sure that I check in with the team so that we can catch anything, make any adjustments to the meds, you know, and, and all of that. But overall, um, I can say everything has been great. Definitely had a, it was, it was tough when I had the transplant because right after I got the transplant, you know, with the new, this new way of life, I got COVID uh, right after my transplant. And so that definitely altered a lot of things for me personally, because, you know, where, the first priority was to make sure that, you know, we were doing everything around the kidney. It, it shifted to making sure that I was okay with COVID. And so that kind of had me a setback. And of course, I had a couple of, you know, different bumps in the road. But since that period, things have been going great. And so uh, I'm just so grateful, um, you know, that uh, I'm able to, to continue this journey. And like I said, my motto every day, I just take it one day at a time. Yes, that's a good motto. So what are a couple of ways that you self-care during difficult times? Self-care is I try to keep my balance. Um, I'm very, very busy uh, with with my my ministry and and what I do with music. And so uh, because I do love it, that's cool, but I try to keep balance. And so my family plays a, a huge part in that. And, and in particular, you know, my wife, because my kids are, they're older now. And so, you know, they don't want to be hanging around us as much as they used to. And so, you know, me and my wife, we're just enjoying our time and making sure that we do things that we enjoy to do, having fun on purpose, because, you know, life is going to always keep life in. And so if you don't know how to just take a pause button and, and be intentional about having fun on purpose, then you'll just look up and it'll be 10 to 15 years and you, you won't be able to remember the last time you tried to do something for you. And so I try to make sure I'm intentional in doing so. And that, that keeps that balance that I, that I know I desperately need. That's so important. Now, if you could change one thing, anything about your kidney journey, what would it be? I could change anything about my kidney journey. What would it be? What would I change about my kidney journey? Because I've, I guess I've conditioned myself so much to embrace the journey. What would I, you know, what I would change about it is just, uh, I think in the beginning, there were a lot of challenges that I experienced simply because I just didn't want to accept you know, the the reality of my situation. And so, as I mentioned earlier, you know, missing treatments and uh, not maybe being the best patient that I should have been at the beginning of the journey, I would have just went all in. Um, but like I said, it was the unknown. And and so, yeah, I think if I would have changed it, I probably would have. And I definitely would have made my health a priority sooner. Uh, like as soon as uh, I was diagnosed, I would have just immediately, all right, let me get this weight off. Let me just focus on what I, let me work on, let me focus on what I can control. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what I would have did from the top, just focusing on what I can't, what I can control and leaving the rest up to God to take care of. Great. That's amazing. Why should people register to be organ donors? People should register to be organ donors because you're literally, literally, saving lives when you make that decision. You're saving someone's life. And I think as we all get older, you start thinking about your legacy. You know what I'm saying? What am I going to leave behind? You start thinking about that for your family. And even furthermore, what what imprint am I going to leave on this earth that when I'm gone, because I don't care what we try to do, 
I don't care uh, how many uh, supplements we try to take, how many uh, new vitamin drinks, whatever. Listen, we are going to leave here, Monica. That's that's a fact. And so when you start thinking about your legacy, in my opinion, what better legacy could you leave than to say that when it was my time to leave, uh, I, I was still able to give a gift to someone else so that they could continue to live. I don't think it's I don't think there's no better way to to do it. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. What would you say to anyone waiting for their life saving gift right now? Don't stop. Don't give up. Continue to work on what you can control. And so why are you waiting? We're not just going to wait and we're not going to be depressed. We're not going to be just sitting in the corner. Uh, there's a scriptures that said that says they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Well, another interpretation of that word wait in the scripture, it actually means to go after something. So I feel like while you're waiting, there are things that you can still be going after, things that you can still be pursuing uh, while you're waiting on that that call. And to me, the more active you are, good things happen to those that remain active. And so just work on what you can control, keep your health first, get more knowledge about your situation. And um, I think the more you do that, you'll you'll get that call sooner than, than you think. Thank you so much for this time and for sharing your inspirational journey with us. It's been such a pleasure and so moving to me. Wow. Well, I I appreciate you so much and just the whole team, uh, Monica, for just asking me to be a part. Um, This is truly something that um, I just feel better about it, just being able to share my testimony and so uh, or just my journey with with others. And so I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to do that. And uh, yeah, I just I just wish you guys continued success as you continue to do this. And because so many people I know are being uh, inspired just by this platform alone. So I think this is awesome. Thank you. Dialysis and transplant are two treatments for kidney failure. Transplant's the best. For more information about treatments for kidney failure or how to slow the progress of kidney disease, visit nkfi.org. I'm Monica Fox, a very grateful kidney transplant recipient, and this is The Journey Continues. Prevention is a key part of our mission at the Kidney Foundation. That's why at the end of each episode, Dr. Melissa Prest offers a health tip. Here's today's nutrition tip about weight management. People live in bodies of all shapes and sizes. While body mass index, a measurement of your weight to your height, and ideal body weight ranges may or may not be appropriate for you. They are used as a guide to know if you're at risk for developing a chronic health condition. Many people may think weight management is about being on an overly restrictive diet that includes intensive exercising. This actually sets people up for failure and is a large reason why diets don't lead to maintained success. What weight management is about is learning how to make healthy food choices at home and when dining out. It's about learning how to identify when you're hungry or if you're eating for emotional reasons. It's about finding physical activity that allows you to move through a range of motion strengthens your muscles and gets your heart pumping. And it's about making choices that will help you maintain your weight or allow you to gradually reduce your weight. It may seem easy to go it alone, but research shows that those who find support and professional guidance are most successful. 
Here are some tips from people who have had success with weight maintenance. Exercise is important and build up to 200 to 300 minutes per week. This is the equivalent of 30 to 40 minutes a day of activity. Stay hydrated, drink lots of water, and limit sugar-sweetened beverages. Eat whole nutritious foods and focus on foods that are high in fiber. Eat responsibly and mindfully. Pay attention to when you're hungry and when you're full. Plan your meals ahead of time. This allows you to stay on track and make healthful choices. Find fun recipes online or in cookbooks to expand your meal variety. Decrease your screen time and do not eat while distracted. Monitor yourself by keeping a food log, measurements, or weighing in once a week. Join a weight management program for education and support. Build your own support group with family and friends. Keep a positive attitude and believe in yourself and your abilities. Think for the long term. The habits you are creating should be long-sustaining and not quick fix. And make those changes gradual so that you can stick with them over time. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.